Hello, welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson. First, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. Welcome to the first podcast of 2024. Mike Hayes, recently appointed as chairman of the State Transportation Commission, has actually been a member of the commission for some 12 years. It's a little bit unusual that someone has served that long and now ascends to be chairman of the commission. And he has a lot of experience. He was also a state lawmaker, very active in his community of Midland for many years and brings a lot of knowledge and background to this position. So I think you'll enjoy hearing from him what he's learned during his years on the commission about transportation and his understanding of what the commission does and his goals for the future. So again, I I hope you enjoy the conversation. So Mike Hayes, once again, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's your first time and uh, happy new year. I hope you and your family had great holidays. Jeff, we did. It was tremendous. And uh, we could use a little snow. we're uh, we're a true Michigan family, and we like white Christmases, and we like winter. But uh, other than that, uh, it's been pretty great, and we're we're real hopeful for uh, a great 2024. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you there, and I'm very concerned about the northern Michigan economy, not just because oh I'm a skier, but because uh, it really matters to a lot of those businesses. So yeah, let's let's hope we get some snow soon. Yeah. Um, so let's be before we start talking about your work on the commission and what you've done and what you've learned and what you hope to do. Let's talk a little bit about your background, uh, both as a, as a state lawmaker, a former Midland County clerk, someone who's been very active in your community. Um, I know how much you love Midland and what a good booster you are for everything that goes on there from the arts to, you know, the, the baseball team and the baseball field, um, just everything. You're a total community guy. So could you talk a little about that? Sure. Yeah, I've been very blessed uh, coming right out of um, Central Michigan University, fire up chips. Uh, uh, my wife and I came over here to Midland and we've been here uh, ever since. And this this community has been been a, a great place to live. Uh, I've been blessed to be in local and uh, government and then and then state government as a state legislator uh, back in the 80s. Um, and then went on out of there and, and into the private sector for for 20 years and then kind of into the philanthropic sector after that. Um, so I've, I've had a, a real buried um, career, if you if you might call it that. And um, every challenge uh, has been fun, interesting, and a growth experience for me. So it's given me a real good perspective, I think. My private sector experience was both um, national and international. So uh, I think I think I bring to the commission maybe a, a, a real real broad um, set of uh, experiences that uh, I can always have in the back of my mind and apply to whatever we're uh, considering or or deliberating uh, during commission meetings. So let's talk about your appointment to the commission. I think uh, you were first appointed in 2011. Is that right? I, I was. It's been it's been quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, uh, Governor Snyder originally appointed me, and and Governor Whitmer has been great in reappointing me now twice. Um, I, I, I just uh, I, I've enjoyed it. it. It was not an area that I was necessarily 
directly involved in, even when I was in the legislature, uh, transportation that is. But I, I've learned so much, and I think I bring some perspective uh, in that I, I feel like transportation may be the most uniform um, public uh, capability that we need for industry, commerce, uh, agriculture, tourism, and frankly, the day-to-day lives of, of 10 million citizens of Michigan as we as we go about our lives. And I, I just, uh, I, I'm pleased to be able to sit on the commission and now as chairman to um, to make sure I do whatever I can, what little bit I can, working with the, the, the tremendous employees in the department uh, to, to make sure that uh, that we're providing enough and safe and um, and, and highly uh, efficient transportation systems throughout the state of Michigan. Yeah, so you do bring a unique perspective, both because you were in, in business, a uh, very important business that had a lot, uh, obviously, a lot of stake in logistics. And so you understand the importance of transportation infrastructure. Um, as, as you say, it's the most uniform. I, I like to say more than any other function of government, it touches you from the minute you leave your house until the minute you get home every day. But what do you think uh, opinions or thoughts did you come to the commission with? Um, like a lot of people, you know, everybody complains about about transportation and, uh, you know, in, whether it's in their community and what the local street department's doing or whether it's what the county road commission's doing or whether it's what the state department's doing. And then when you get inside and you get to know these people that are real human beings who yeah. are in your community and care just as much as you do about being good stewards of the public dollars and about <clears throat> mobility and getting us where we need to go efficiently and safely. It, it it starts to change your attitudes. And I know I've heard you had this discussion with other commissioners about the things that you've learned. So could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, well, you know, all of us that drive automobiles, we're, you know, we're all experts on roads and road construction. Um, <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek, but, you know, all my friends and relatives and acquaintances, uh, everybody's got an opinion on um as you say, uh, public roads. But frankly, I've traveled all over the country too. My my youngest, our youngest son lives and has lived in other states. Everybody loves to pick on their transportation department. And like I say, everybody's an expert on roads. But what I've found in in my number of years on the commission is a ter- uh, just a tremendous respect for the highly talented and capable people and dedicated people in the Michigan Department of Transportation. We have some of the best minds when it comes to road design, um, uh, uh, civil infrastructure uh, that I think we could ever ask for. We have highly educated, highly trained, highly capable people that um, show up every day with a tremendous dedication to the citizens. Uh, uh, wanting to provide absolutely the best roads they can. Now, they can't work miracles and they can't print money. So, you know, they're always up against the challenge of road funding. And though we've made some progress with uh, with the, the bond issue that Governor Whitmer's uh, administration proposed and the commission approved here a couple of years ago, we're still seeing 
um, MDOT employees um, challenged to be able to provide everything they'd like to, to provide. Um, but I think they do a tremendous, um, tremendous job. I also think what I've developed over the years is an insight into the use of best practices uh, from across the country that MDOT uh, seeks out and and utilizes uh, wherever they can. Um, I don't think MDOT's afraid to copy what other states are doing and doing well um, when, when it makes sense here in Michigan. I also don't think that MDOT hesitates the staff hesitates to um, to set the benchmark, and I think they do in in many aspects. So um, I'm not sure I had that. Pers- I know I didn't have that perspective when I first came on the commission, but I've developed a tremendous amount of respect, and I think the, the citizens of of Michigan should feel pretty darn proud of the Michigan Department of Transportation and the work they do day in and day out. Yeah, I think um, as as I came into this job. And I learned about asset management, which is one of those, you know, buzz terms that kind of goes right over your head until you start to think about it. And you find out that Michigan has been lauded nationally for years as being a leader in exercising asset management principles. Um, and and it's it's creative and it's it's certainly innovative, but it, it was also out of necessity, because if you're chronically underfunded, you've got to figure out ways to, to stretch the money. And um, it'd be great to rebuild everything that needs to be rebuilt, but that's just not financially possible. So I think that MDOT engineers over decades have become very good at figuring out how to manage those resources and make them go as far as they can. Um, So I I really appreciate what you're saying and what you've learned about that. Um, Talk about the the commission's role, um, because I, I suspect a lot of people even people that are in transportation circles don't really understand what the State Transportation Commission does and can do. I think that's a good question because uh, when I talk with people, for example, um, you know, okay, you're on the State Transportation Commission. Why don't you get this road over here fixed? Well, the the commission does not uh, function at all at that level. That, That really, those kind of decisions are left to the professionals that, that know what they're doing um, and are highly trained in that regard. We are um, we are a constitutional um, entity, and the, and the Constitution basically basically calls for us to be uh, policy making. Uh, we we set overall policy uh, for the Department of Transportation. Um, programs and facilities and and, uh, and other transportation development throughout the country or throughout the state excuse me um, we so that that's that's our primary is is uh, is policy and then uh, and then we also oversee the development of a, of a comprehensive trans- transportation plan that's renewed every five years and I don't think the uh, or every year for on a five-year rotating basis. I don't think people understand that, that um, there is a five-year comprehensive plan for transportation and it's revisited every single year and moved out, you know, a, a year, uh, uh, five years at a time. And, and the commission oversees that, uh, reviews it twice after public input, and then passes it on to the legislature um, for action. And then 
there is a, an oversight of the administration of state and federal funds. Um, that doesn't mean that we get into, like I say, individual projects, but the the stewardship of state and federal resources in an overall basis uh, is is something that the uh, state transportation commission has um, on on its uh, on its me- uh, menu of um, responsibilities as well. Stay with us. We'll have more on the other side of this important message. Did you know Newton's first law of motion states that a body in motion will continue moving at the same speed and same direction, while the second law states that an object acted upon by the force will undergo... Wait, I thought this was a snowplow safety message. It is, which is why this is relevant. Don't you think that's complicating things just a bit? Not at all. A snowplow weighs 17 times more than your average car. Right, and snowplows tend to travel at slower than posted speeds. So the third law states that action and reaction are equal and opposite. I think it's easier just to remind motorists to give plows the room they need to do their jobs. Follow at a safe distance and don't drive into snow clouds. Things like that. Well, if you're going to make it that simple, why don't you just say don't crowd the plow? Great idea. Stay safe this winter. Don't crowd the plow. That's it? Yeah, that's it. You mentioned briefly um, the governor's rebuilding Michigan bonding plan, which the commission authorized in, in January of 2020, which it seems uh, it's surreal now to, to think about that. That's when, uh, you know, the pandemic was uh, was starting to hit our shores and we were hearing about it, but we didn't know then. Uh, what was coming just a couple months later, that's for sure. So it seems like a long time ago. Um, but talk about that in terms of the significance of, of all the things that the commission can do, um, making that decision to go ahead and, and authorize those bonds to to make a big difference in in the shorter term, um, because we know that there was no other way to, to fund the, the repairs that needed to be made. Well, I, I have to look back over the last 10 or 11 years that I've been on the commission that is uh, as, as that's probably the most significant action uh, we took uh, and could have taken. Um, we we aren't in a position to go out and raise funds for, for uh, roads and bridges and such. Um, that's just not part of our authority. That's part of the the legislature's responsibility and in cooperation with the, the administration. And uh, so I think uh, when that came before us, uh, we were uh, very frustrated uh, for a number of years about the lack of funding and the inability to kind of get a political solution. So this was a solution that had been used by previous administrations from both parties, uh, and that is to to commit to bonds uh, on a long-term basis to bring more immediate funds uh, into the state coffers to deal with um, with roads and bridges the way we ought to responsibly do, and that came before us, and and it was it was not without some controversy. Committing to long-term bonding is is a huge um, commitment on the part of the commission and the administration on the behalf of the people of Michigan, and we um, I think we did that with great um great discussion and deliberation and took the action and i think uh, i think we're all very proud that we did do that 
So talk about a little bit about the the deliberations that went into that. I mean, you you come from a fiscally conservative background, you know, from your time in the legislature and your time as a as a local official. Um, what was your thought process on going ahead and authorizing uh, up to three point five billion dollars in bonds? It, it was it was certainly not a decision that I made uh, easily. Uh, you're right. I've always tried to be fiscally uh, responsible, uh, but I think this was the fiscally responsible thing to do because we could not continue to see the safety and jeopardized and the deterioration of the roads continue. And we there was not enough funds available. There were not enough funds available for the proper maintenance of, of, uh, of the roads throughout Michigan. And this provides a, a financial mechanism that uh, allowed kind of some advance, uh, reaching out into the, to the future and getting some funds, bringing them in, and then paying them back in the form of bonds. It was, uh, it, it like I say, it was done uh, in previous uh, administrations on on both parties, um, and it's not an uncommon tool to use for state and local government to, to do bonded indebtedness in order to um, meet a, an immediate need. Uh, and I think it was absolutely the responsible thing to do. Uh, going back to some of my original comments on how important the transportation, a safe, efficient transportation system is to the economy and to the day-to-day um, activities of Michigan citizens, it was absolutely the most responsible thing we could do at the time. If the legislature would have chosen to go a different route, that would have been great, but they didn't seem to want to do that. So this was the next best option. Yeah, that's that's very well said. I, I only wish that the people who are critics of debt and say that, you know, you're burdening future generations with debt would come to the realization that by not doing anything, you're leaving your your posterity uh, a lot more debt with crumbling roads and bridges. Uh, that 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 seems to be lost on a lot of the critics. So, I think yeah, that ex- in, excellent point, Jeff. Yeah, and in the long term, um, you know, at the time that you guys were making that decision, interest rates were really good, and and, and you know, money was cheap, and it was a it was a prudent thing to do. And I've heard that from accountants and and people who are you know, very fiscally conservative and would make an argument of when debt is effective and, and when it makes a lot of sense. So yeah. talk about the challenges that are on the horizon and and maybe, you know, what what would you like to do as chair? And you've been um, acting chair for a couple of meetings because you were vice chairman and there wasn't a chairman at the time. But now that you are fully ensconced in the chair's role, um, you know, what are some of the things that you'd like to see happen? Well, I, I've done some thinking on that and like it's, I do have the advantage of having been on the commission for quite a while and I think that serves that will serve the, the people of Michigan well to, to have an experienced person sitting there and I do appreciate Governor Whitmer's vote of confidence to place me in the chair um, I think the, there are a couple things I'd like to think about I, I, I think the, the policy making as I said is one of our big responsibilities and I think it's time that maybe we go back and do some looking at overall MDOT policy to make sure it's kept up with the times and that we're, we have policy in place and, and thinking in place that makes, uh, you know, reduces any risk um, that we 
that we may have. Things are changing a lot in, in transportation. And um, I would hope that, and I think that uh, uh, that Brad Weifrick, our, our uh, MDOT direct, new MDOT director and the senior staff are committed to looking at, at risk. And uh, I think uh, we ought to kind of be joined at the hip on that and looking at, at uh, any kind of um, risk uh, concerns that, that we may have uh, over time. The second is um, I think that attraction and retention of talent for MDOT, I, I do stay involved out there in a number of different ways and, and everybody's having trouble with attraction and retention. And so I, um, I want to, I hope we'll talk with the MDOT administration uh, over the coming months about uh, the solid plans for attraction and retention and areas of concern and anything we can do to be helpful in making sure we can continue to to draw the kind of talent that we are blessed to be able to do, you know, throughout MDOT's um, uh, history. Uh, So I think, uh, you know, I think those are, are probably a couple of, of the things um, that, that I'd like to, to think about early on in 2024. Lastly, um, let's talk a little bit about the other hat that you wear as a member of the International Authority, which is uh, a group uh, comprised of members of both Canada and, and from Michigan to work jointly to oversee the building of the Gordie Howe International Bridge, arguably uh, the most iconic structure, most significant infrastructure building project that, you know, we'll see in in our lifetimes, uh, probably second only to the Mackinac Bridge in terms of what it will mean to the the state's skyline as it towers as high as the the Renaissance Center. Um, What have you learned along the way with that? And, uh, you know, tell me, tell me your thoughts about being part of that project. Well, that could probably take the rest of the day, Jeff. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's, it's been a tremendous, it's been an honor, an unbelievable honor to serve. As you said, there's, uh, when you have an international crossing like that, you have to have an ownership, um, entity that is made up of the two governments. And so you have, we have three Canadians and three Mich- Michiganians who make up uh, that international authority, uh, that is the ownership represents the ownership, if you will. So, it's been a, a tremendous responsibility to, to represent the people of Michigan and the United States uh, as a member of that uh, body and going on now our 10th year. Um, and, uh, and you're right. I mean, that project, the Gordie Howe International Bridge, will be an economic development and quality of life project that's going to serve uh people of Canada, the people of the United States, and the people of Michigan for generations to come. It's going to be beautiful, but more importantly, it's going to be a huge artery for transportation of goods between our two great countries. Uh, you know, Canada is our biggest trading partner and um, and vice versa. And we really uh, need that bridge as a choke point as it sits right now in, in, in that border crossing. And so, this was a, a great opportunity uh, to come together as two countries to be farsighted uh, and to uh, to to build something that, as I say, is going to serve for generations uh, to come. And, and I sit on that uh, in kind of an uh, unlimited uh, appointment in 
planned to be um, driving over that bridge when it opens uh, in, in a couple of years. I, people people want to get excited because they're kind of seeing the bridge deck coming together in the middle of the river. Um, and, and I don't want them to get too excited that that means that the bridge is complete because <laughs> that's that's just part of it. It's a it's a huge you know five billion plus uh, dollar project, and uh, there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> learned a lot early on as then Governor Snyder made the case for the bridge and found a way to work with the Canadians, um, with the Canadians financing it, how important it was across the state. And, you know, even my friends at the at the Chamber of Commerce and business leaders in West Michigan were huge supporters right from the beginning. One in seven jobs in West Michigan are tied to trade with Canada. My friend Birgit Close, who you've gotten to know, as a fellow member of the IA, makes a really good case about its importance to the to the whole state. And a lot of people probably wouldn't have realized that this part of the state would rely on that so much, too. So it's a it's a it's a great thing. And I, I really look forward to the opening. I know you do, too. Mike, thanks for taking time to talk about this uh, and everything going on with the commission. We'll have to have you on again in a few months to see, uh, you know, how things are going and, and what you uh, think about as things go forward. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity, Jeff, and, and I look forward to working with uh, you know anybody and everybody that's concerned about, uh, committed to uh, having the kind of transportation system that uh, we've enjoyed over the years and one that we need to maintain and and, uh, uh, and grow as we need to uh, in Michigan because there's nothing more critical to, as I said in the beginning, there's nothing more critical to um, the efficient uh, uh, commerce, industry, and agriculture, tourism, and our day-to-day lives than, uh, than a great transportation system. So it's an honor to serve, and uh, I look forward to talking with folks over the coming months. Thank you again, Mike. I, I wish you luck as you take over as chairman. Thank you, Jeff. I'd like to thank you once more for tuning in to Talking Michigan Transportation. You can find show notes and more on Apple Podcasts or Buzzsprout. I also want to acknowledge the talented people who help make this a reality each week, starting with Randy Debler, who skillfully edits the audio, Jesse Ball, who proofs the content, Courtney Bates, who posts the podcast to various platforms, and Jackie Salinas, who transcribes the audio to make it accessible to all. 